Hey there, book gang. This is Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com. If this is your first time checking out my show, I'm just so happy to have you here. This weekly podcast is dedicated to the literary tastemakers of the world. These themed episodes are filled with book recommendations focusing on debuts, under-the-radar book choices, and ideas for expanding your stack with backlist book selections. This week's episode falls under our bookishly curious category, and it is a huge honor to have on today's dream guest, Nadia Oduayo, the founder and CEO of The Storygraph. This episode is 100% Nadia, and I just have to say an enormous thank you to my Patreon supporters for making shows like this possible. Your financial assistance helps me cover the audio and editorial expenses that are necessary to produce these shows. One of my biggest focuses, though, is on rewarding those that help fund our show through special programming, like our new fully booked show that celebrates new release books, book club author interviews, music playlists, and bonus book podcast features that extend time with our special guests. If you are interested in joining this community, it is just $5 a month, or you can prepay for a 10% savings. To learn more, head to patreon.com backslash momadvice. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash momadvice. Today, I would like to personally thank Pathologically Literate is their Instagram handle this week for this iTunes review. She said, I've been a member of the Mom Advice Book Gang since its inception and adore everything about it. That Amy Allen Clark has expanded so wildly successfully into the podcast scene is of no surprise to me. Guests of the show are friendly and entertaining, while Amy's engaging personality, knowledge, questions, and conversations command my attention when I generally have difficulty working with spoken audio and my wonky attention span. Truly a feat, I tell you. Give Amy and the Book Gang podcast a listen for sure. Thank you, Pathologically Literate, for saying this. One of the happiest aspects of leading new projects like this has really been taking people along on this journey who haven't tried podcasts before and decide to give it a chance because a friend on Bookstagram joined me or because they feel curious about what the heck I'm up to now. This comment makes me feel like a million bucks because my goal is for you to walk away feeling inspired in your reading life and that this has been worth your time. And if there's anything I've learned lately, it's just how precious our time is. And I know many of you have found that too. So I'm really thankful that you would spend even a minute with me. If you're a bookstagrammer that would like a mention on our show, please be sure to leave a review for the book gang on iTunes and put your Instagram handle in parentheses at the end or in your Apple iTunes ID. Your review might be featured on my show with a shout out to grow your account with all the right bookish people. If you don't have time for written reviews, just a star rating wherever you get your podcast is a huge thing for a new show or sharing it on your social. And I know that's a big ask because I really am lazy and have a hard time always sharing things out, but you help the show grow and succeed and bring on special guests like the one that we have today. This month, the Mom Advice Book Club is reading The People We Keep by Allison Larkin for our March book discussion. Be sure to join the Mom Advice Book Club on Facebook, 
Click the Events tab and RSVP to join me in our live discussion on March 25th at 8 p.m. Patreon pals can unlock an exclusive video interview with Allison Larkin on March 14th that I just can't wait to share with you. Allison shares why April's story needs to be told and why she had to tell it just the way that she did. It really is an inspiring one to hear if you just love the story, but also if you are entertaining the idea of writing your own book someday and want to stay true to your own storylines. Embrace the found family trope with us this month. You can join the Mom Advice Book Club on Facebook, a community that's grown to almost 5,000 readers. Here's a not-so-little secret that I did disclose in our interview. I personally, was not familiar with the Storygraph until Fables Books, our local independent bookshop and podcast partner, started a reading challenge on the platform and shared about it in our episode. You can hear me in real time learning about the Storygraph in our Books About Books episode. After we finished our interview, I signed up and I thought, If this keeps coming up in our show since we're talking about a monthly reading challenge, we have got to find a way for our listeners to understand how the Storygraph works. So I did a big ask. I hunted down Nadia and I sent her this email. And I'll paraphrase for you. I run a book podcast called The Mom Advice Book Gang, and I wanted to see if you would be interested in interviewing for our show. Our partnered independent bookseller urged people to move over to the Storygraph platform and is hosting a challenge there on our last taped episode. Now, many of our listeners and readers are unfamiliar with Storygraph's features and what makes it so great. I'd love to dedicate an episode to your platform and help them transition to your application if you would be interested in coverage. We have 4.8K book club members, and you can find the Mom Advice Booking wherever you stream podcasts if you want to check me out before responding. I've been a blogger, though, for 18 years, although my podcast is new, and I would love to get the word out on how to transition from Goodreads to your platform. Thank you, Nadia. One thing I want to say when it comes to CEO mindset is that she replied she'd love to do it. She replied her dates available and times available, but the thing that stuck out in my mind was this, and I hope you take this nugget away too. Please include your time commitment. How many of us have got roped into projects that we did not want to do without the scope of that one element? Moving forward, I plan to add this CEO mindset into every podcast interview request so I can be prepared. It also helped me refine my instructions for our guests as each guest brings new things to the table that they question. And I'm so glad they do because that helps me develop a good tutorial for being a guest on the book gang. Speaking of, by the way, always looking for guests, you can email me at amy at momadvice.com if you think you would be a great guest for the show. The other thing I want to point out is that she did say yes. How lucky are we to hear right from Nadia about what makes her app so unique and how you can incorporate this into your reading life. Better yet, we talk about the surprising ways that Nadia has modified her own reading life thanks to the prompts and challenges she designed. I mean, that's how great she is. All right. I think I've set this one up enough. Let's get chatting. 
Booking, I'm really excited because we are joined by one of the founders of the Storygraph app to talk us through a 101 course on using her app. Her app actually was brought to our show by Fables Books, our independent bookshop, who is helping supply our book club books this year. And she had set up a reading challenge on Nadia's app and was telling me about it. And I had no idea that this app was out there, how to use it, what to do with it. And I'm so excited because we have Nadia to guide us through the process of using her app and get to hear about the story behind Storygraph. So welcome to the show, Nadia. Thank you so much for having me on. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the Storygraph for those of us that are Goodreads users. What makes your app different? The Storygraph is a place to track your reading and choose your next book. And I guess what makes the Storygraph different, it comes from its origin in that it wasn't originally built to be a Goodreads alternative directly. It's kind of developed into that, but essentially it grew from a place of wanting to solve any problems that readers had and just give them a tool that would help solve those problems. And so it just so happens that a lot of the problems that people have were pain points that readers didn't feel were fulfilled by Goodreads. But because I started from a, almost a blank slate, I ended up approaching it from a different different angle. And that is where we get to like the mood reading. So a big focus of the app is helping you choose your next book based on your mood and also specifically any topics or themes that you're interested in. So you can really, um, there's a lot of flexibility with the recommendations by being able to type in particular tropes, the particular types of authors that you're looking for. There's also a thing of, you know, I, I want to laugh right now um, or i feeling a bit emotional. I want to read something more sad or, or something dark. And we just give you a lot more flexibility and personalization when it comes to uh, book discovery or just making the choice for what to read next from your own to read pile. And when you made this app, I was listening to a really great interview about how you had developed it. And originally, you had kind of a mock-up of what you wanted to do with it and brought it to users. But then you realized that actually, you wanted to get the user feedback before you developed the product. So how did you select your users to start really developing this app into something that we know and can use now today. Right. The first version that I built and was showing to people, that was just a side project. And so I was just showing that to friends. But then when I realized that I really wanted to work in the book space and I needed to uh, come up with something more compelling, if I was going to keep being able to build something within the book space, I knew I needed to broaden my horizons in terms of who I was speaking to. So I still spoke to some uh, friends or acquaintances who were avid readers. But then I also learned about the books community on Instagram. I learned about Bookstagram. And so essentially, I typed in Bookstagram into the tags search on Instagram and just found a lot of random accounts. And I reached out to a small handful of people and just said, hey, I'm researching an idea for a new app. And at this point, I didn't really know what the app was going to be exactly. Um, but would you be interesting to, interested in having a customer interview with me? And so that's that's where I found people from, essentially. It was everything from, from friends to strangers on Instagram. Well, I love that. 
I would like to also talk about just the platform itself because I am a new user. So I truly signed up for an account after this episode and I started using it. I signed up for your pro account as well, which we can talk a little bit about how we can sign up for these pro accounts and what you offer with that membership. But the one thing that I notice right when I come onto your app is that it's very pleasantly absent of clutter. So it's a very pleasant app to surf on. It makes me happy to see it. And I know my experience with Goodreads is that there's like a ton of stuff on it. There's ads, there's a lot of things going on in the sidebars. Do you think that you're going to keep the app this streamlined or do you have planned partnerships to start developing more into that experience for the user as well? So our number one goal and aim is to keep it like clean and clutter free. And first of all, the number one person that we're serving is the reader. And we want to keep it that way for as long as it's possible. As you mentioned, you've hinted at we have the plus plan. And we'll talk a bit more about that later. But the point of that is, can we stay sustainable, independent, while serving the reader mainly? And that means, yeah, that we have uh, proceeds from our plus plan, which means that we don't have to have ads. If we did ever have to have ads, we would ask the community about it. So if you've if you're involved with the story graph on our social media, you'll notice that we ask we have regular polls or comment boxes because we're essentially always getting getting buy-in and feedback from the community before we deliver a feature. If we suddenly did need to have ads or we felt that that's what we needed to do to to stay independent um, and to keep going for several years to come because that's the plan we don't we plan to be doing this for as long as is possible then we would ask we would bring this up to the community and we'd say hey uh, we think we might need to have ads and we'd ask for feedback on the type of ads because if we did do them it wouldn't be we would focus on books and how it could still be valuable to to anyone who saw ads within our app it would still like fit the aesthetic that would be our goal and plan but right now we're not thinking of ads and we we want to just focus on iterating on the product and keeping it clean and streamlined and making sure the user experience is excellent. And one thing that you do that is very unique is kind of taking users on each of those updates. So I want to talk just briefly because that is a experience that I have never had on an other any other kind of app is that you could look at your roadmap as a company and input feedback. Now, is this feedback coming from just the general public or do you have to have a pro account to offer feedback within this app? So before we had Plus, which actually it was the year anniversary of Plus on the 1st of March. So before we had Plus, and we were mainly in beta then as well, we were always taking feedback from everyone and from any channel so that was on on twitter on instagram emails any way that people could get in touch with us we would listen we still do that now um, but the other thing is we have eight hundred and sixty thousand registered users right now wow um, we, when we launched plus we we only had a hundred thousand but that was still a lot of people and uh, we have tens of thousands of people who follow us on twitter and instagram and so when we were launching the roadmap one of the perks of having a plus account would be that 
you could vote and comment on this roadmap, though everyone can see it. And we thought it's not that we're not accepting feedback from other people. It's just one different avenue compared to all the other avenues, which is open to everyone. And there's just one place that's restricted, which is a perk to our plus users because they're almost not almost they are investing in the life of the platform. And so we thought, okay, something we can offer is one place that only you can comment and weigh in because also to have a platform where hundreds of thousands of people can be voting and adding things, it would become a mess. And so if anything, it's for the benefit of everybody mm. that not everybody can can add to that roadmap because it would just be a mess for anyone to try and see what's been added already, what, what are duplicates. It's already hard with the thousands of people that can use it now. To summarise, we accept feedback from anybody anywhere, but only plus users can comment and vote on the roadmap, but everybody can read it, link us to it. So we, we have people say, so you have this on the roadmap, just want to say I'd love to see it. So they can't register their vote on the app, but we still keep track of what people are talking about on the roadmap. I love it. And when people are interacting with it, they really are interacting with you, right? Uh, yes, mainly me. Um, Rob and Abby, who are also on the team, um, Rob's my co-founder, they can obviously weigh in, but it's one of those things where we're a tiny team. Everyone has different responsibilities. Being the main only software developer on the website and app and also being the CEO, especially at this stage where product is a big focus, it just makes sense that I kind of own the roadmap. So it's mainly me that checks it every day, responds where necessary, prioritizes, merges, uh, diff cards, say someone says something and I'm like, oh, this is basically similar to this. And then I feed those back to my own private kind of task list. I wanted to talk a little bit about what the big differences are between Goodreads and the Storygraph because you offer some very unique features. One of those being the buddy feature, which I was trying to figure out on my own a little bit since I don't actually do buddy reads, but I think I probably should. And I wanted to talk about how your star input is different as well as mood selection for books. So do you want to talk a little bit for those that have never experienced your app before about what special features you have on the Storygraph. There, there are a lot of differences between our app and Goodreads. And I think it does come from a place of rather than me starting from, I'm going to build a different Goodreads. It was what do readers want and need? And then I built those. And then it's almost like the bits missing were more Goodreads features where it's like, oh, I want to create more shelves or I want to it was things like that whereas the the core things that I found are kind of what are some of our like most popular features now so the first thing is the stats dashboard you have this dashboard where we show you everything from the moods of the books you've read the pace the book size most read authors pages and books read throughout the year so there's like a graph where you can see each month how many books and pages did you read um, but also within a month you can see each day how many pages you read so there's like a lot more like detail within the tracking and the analytics that you can get so just the stats dashboard already even when you come on board even when you just import your goodreads I think you get to see your reading history in a completely different way to how you've never seen it before. And so that's why we recommend when people say, I, I use Goodreads, I love Goodreads, um, I'm not sure about Storygraph, we always say, import your Goodreads data, have a look at the stats, and then and click around a bit. If you don't like it, 
in three clicks about. You can delete all of your account, all of your data, and, and that's it. It doesn't affect your Goodreads account. So it's a, it's a very like quick, easy way to just try it out and you get to like really enjoy the stats and see what we can offer. So the stats is one of the main things. One of the other things that I mentioned earlier is with the recommendations. It's not just we don't try and guess. We give you space to tell us what you're interested in. So not only can you tell us your favorite genres and characteristics you like in a book, like whether it's strong world building or good quality writing. There's also like a free text box where you can say, I want to read about found family or enemies to lovers, you know, mm. whatever whatever kind of tropes you like, um, whatever themes you like. So maybe you're, you want to learn about uh, a particular part of history or a particular country. You can put all that stuff in there and we will surface the best books for you. We've got the, the buddy reads, which we can go into more detail mm-hmm. maybe a bit later um, if you'd like, because I think yes. that's a fun community piece. Um, but yeah, essentially you can read alongside your friends. And then there's other like smaller features that I think just are really valuable to readers and different readers. So depending on who you speak to, one of these will be someone's like killer feature and for someone else it'll be something else. But for example, we have content warnings. So when you submit a review, you can list what you think the graphic moderate and minor content warnings are and then what we do is we collate what everybody says and we show like a smart summary of hey this is like the likely the content warnings in the book you can click through and see every single content warning tagged click through and see the review but we also have author approved content warnings so authors can officially submit their own warnings and then you can also see them side by side as well so we give space for readers to express what they found triggering in the book or what they think someone else may find triggering Um, because not all the time the authors and the publishers will spot everything but we also have a space for authors to say officially these are the warnings we have half and quarter stars Mm. Um, so it's not just half stars and and the reason why I talk about the importance of my customer research is the only reason we have quarter stars is because when I was doing my original research and trawling through bookstagram posts I saw that, you know, now and again, some people would put, you know, 3.75, 4.25. And I said, well, if I'm going to build this new app and it's going to have half stars, it's not going to be that more challenging to add quarter stars as well. And so like that came in and some people love that. And then I think um, we've got the built in uh, DNF and owned features. So rather than, I know that on Goodreads, people have to, you have to make your own owned shelf or you can check an owned box. They have two ways. And then on DNF, I think you have to make your own custom exclusive shelf. And once you've done that, that's the only exclusive shelf you can have. Whereas on Storygraph, we just say, these are just built-in features. So to mark a book as owned, any book, it's a click of a button. And to mark a book as DNF is this is equivalent to marking it as to read or read. You just toggle over. And with DNFs, you can, rather than saying, like, add a review with a star rating, we give you a space to say, add your, add your reasoning for why, or your reason for why you didn't finish this book. And then we also have page tracking. So we have page goals um, on top of setting a reading goal. So you can say, I want to read a certain number of books per year. You can do that and we we help you track that. But maybe you don't want to read a certain number of books. You want to read a certain number of pages because you found historically that having a book goal incentivizes you to perhaps not read the books you really want to read and maybe feel pressure and rush to read short books at the end of the year. So what we say is you have a, you can have a pages goal and then you can track your pages. And 
you can track your pages as you go if you like, which means you can do your progress updates. And if you DNF a book, all of the pages you read will still count towards your pages goal. So when you fit, when you DNF a book, we say, how far did you get? And you can say 29 pages and that will go into your goal for 2022 so all of these things they're they're things that i think people were doing anyway but we're just giving you the built-in tools to do it and for some people uh, myself included weren't tracking pages before um, but now has started and are enjoying like it helping them read more like we did a, a page a day a january pages challenge where the challenge was to just read one page or one or, or listen to one percent of your audiobook every day and that was it. And you would get a nice badge if you completed it. And we had f- prizes for five people, a random five people, one, you know, a, a year to our plus plan, a three month subscription to Libro and a, a 25 pounds or $30 voucher for Blackwell. So because we have these f- this functionality where we're helping people like read more than they normally would, we're helping cultivate healthy habits, which is great um, because I know that people sometimes say that they find reading can feel like a competition on certain apps and so we're trying to make sure that we incentivize people to read more if they want to um, and let them enjoy doing it rather than feeling like a competition Um, but we've got things like reading challenges as well where um, not separate to the reading goal where you can say how many books you want to read these are challenges like you know reading women have one or book riot or uh, youtubers or other you know book top talkers or whatever uh, type of community member can set them up but essentially it's where you have different prompts and you're trying to read a book that fits the prompt so we have those built in so you can join them you can create your own you can have a dashboard and you see all your green progress bars and so that's another thing that people love doing and and we also have the up next queue so in your to read pile you can earmark five books that you want to read next so that when you're done with a book you can say oh yes I wanted to read this next and you know with mood readers in particular they'll say oh I planned this out but I'm not actually going to read this but it does help people feel more organized and feel like they're working through their to read pile because that is the main aim with Storygraph it's not just helping you discover new books and and find books to read that are perfect for you we want to help you actually read the books that you said you want to read as well as you know not just pile up on your to read pals i mean there's more but um, that's probably enough hopefully for people to be curious and to go check it out but there's a lot more and um you can head to our landing page as well thestorygraph.com and you'll see there all our key features highlighted and you can have a read through and see what we've got and what we've got coming up So the two things that I want to talk about that I had a little bit trouble understanding as a new user is how do I find challenges and how do I find community on your app? So with challenges, that one is a lot easier because there is a way. (laughs) There is a direct way. So there is the reading challenges page, which you can get to from either the top bar if you're in, on desktop but if you're on mobile you have to click on the for the menu on the top right it's like three horizontal black lines and you click reading challenges now that takes you to your reading challenges dashboard when you're signed in um, which will show your reading goal your pages goal and any challenges that you've joined and are participating in but top right there is a button that says browse and if you click there what you'll see is you'll see a page with our the Storygraph's own hosted challenges at the top top we host three challenges each year and then there's um, a filter 
menu where you can search for different keywords. And then underneath that, there are boxes of like nine. I think we have nine categories, nine or 12. And you can basically go through and the categories are things like authors, publishers and series. So things like like people might be be doing like a New York review of books challenge or geographical this could be read the world challenge or pop culture a Taylor Swift challenge or some popular TV show so so you can either click through and browse the categories or you can filter the keywords and go from there or you can also if you know the name of a challenge or you know the um, a particular word so say you're like I know I want to do a rainbow challenge or I want to do it's another category we have actually the to t- beat the TBR categories for people who are like I just want to get through the books in my house let's see what other people are doing and join in so you can also just search search directly for any word you want as well so there's a whole range and that's how you can browse. And these are all the public challenges that the community have added in. We do have some organisations on there who have added them themselves, like Reading Women or Book Riot. But other than that, it's just community members who are making challenges and people are joining. So that is also one way to find community in a way, because you can join the challenge and see like 50 other people are doing this challenge with me. Now, right now, that's kind of it in terms of challenges and community Um, but in the future I imagine a world where maybe you can see how each person's doing if they want to share that information uh, things like that but right now that's that you can just kind of feel part of something in terms of community more generally when Storygraph started community was not a focus and that was because around the time when I was doing my research I was seeing a lot of uh, comments both about Goodreads and about the books community on Instagram, where people were saying, oh, I'm feeling burnt out from this. I'm going to take a break. Oh, this is tiring. Reading is no longer fun. I just feel like I'm having to produce content or I feel like reading is a competition. And I was reading through all of these comments and I said to myself, I don't want to build something that people can get burnt out from just purely from its feature set like nothing to do with any external circumstances that they're going through I don't want anyone to say I'm done with Storygraph I'm burnt out from it because really at the end of the day it should it's just a place to track your reading and choose your next book so provided you're you want to read something and you're not like in a reading slump the app itself should not put you off and so when we started, you, you could follow people to have your own personal feed, but you couldn't see who was following you and you couldn't comment on reviews or activity. And it just made for a really quiet social space, a quiet space, a quiet safe space in that if you decided one day that you don't want to follow anybody, you don't want to see what anybody's reading, you want to stick to your own thing, you can unfollow everyone and no one is going to notice why have they stopped following me or my follower numbers have gone down you yourself don't have any follower numbers to worry about or to look at because you're not producing content for people to look and then judging how how well you did based on how many people liked it or commented on it there's just no way and in the news feed it's all auto-generated you don't post anything we just automatically say so and so has started this book so and so has finished this book so and so has reviewed this book So on the whole, this was very positive. A lot of people loved that Storygraph was a quiet space compared to everywhere else. However, as we've grown, you know, as I said, we're on 860, 870,000 registered users now. It's getting to the point where at the end of the day, I mean, you yourself said, you know, earlier that, oh, I feel like I should do buddy reads. It gets to a point where we are book people and we do like talking about books with 
certain people. Mm. And this is what I also found in my research. Some people don't have people in their lives that they can talk about books with. So they do want to be connected to people. And so it got to the point where as we're like continuing to grow, if we want to stay relevant and stay interesting to people, we have to offer some community elements. We now have a friends feature where you can actually be friends with people and then that unlocks when we have other community features like buddy reads you can now say okay you're sure i'll take part but only with friends or we're gonna add commenting on reviews and activities later on but that will only be for friends so essentially we're hoping to say that yes you can have some community but you know you can tailor it to people that you've let into your circle it's not just a public thing and the other thing is the defaults for Storygraph, as you probably found from being a new user, is everything is off. Everything is opt-in. So you, it's not that you you suddenly have to turn everything off, and but it's too late. Everyone's added you as a friend and there's all this activity going on. You kind of get to go and toggle your settings first and then activity can come to you. So, for example, Buddy Reads is something where because like the default for everybody is nobody. Nobody can invite me to a Buddy Read. But you can go in there and you can toggle it to, well, friends can invite me or friends and the people I'm following can invite me or anybody can invite me. You can toggle it to that. But one of the things that we're proudest of is that as we've released all these community features, um, for the people who have done nothing, like they have not pressed a button, touched a button, and who have loved Storygraph because it's so quiet and they don't want to talk to anybody and they just don't want it to become social... It looks the same to them, even though we now have friends, we now have uh, buddy reads, you know, we might have commenting. They just haven't seen a difference. And that's we're really happy about that. But other ways, by the way, to to build a community is we also have a similar users feature where you can um, find users similar to yourself. And on the community news feed where you can see all of the activity that's happening, you can toggle a filter and say, only show me users similar to me. So this way you can start following people and build up a community of people that you can't talk to, but you still feel like, oh, I've got my story of our friends. They're giving me ideas for what to read. Um, So yeah, there's a few ways to like, build a community and we've got a lot more plans later this year one of the things that we hope to do relatively soon is make it easy for you to connect either your address book maybe your email address book or your your facebook instagram or twitter followers um, or people you're following and see who's already on storygraph and then follow them or look at their profile or invite them if they're not already on. And we might, we haven't figured it out yet, but maybe we'll do some plus referral scheme if we can figure it out. But yeah, the plan is to also make it easier to find your in real life and also online friends on Storygraph. I love it. Well, as someone who just had to delete another uh, dating request on Goodreads and also a lot of spam from authors that are trying to get their books featured on my account, I actually found the clutter-free and the aesthetics there and the ability to have everything turned off refreshing for my introverted heart. So I love that these are options that people can opt into, but they're not necessarily the default options, which I think is important to note. And also that you can participate, but you don't have to, and how to grow that community. Because for me, that is one of those places where now I'm like, I feel very soothed being here and it helps me focus more on the reading instead of getting so distracted by everything that's going on around me. So I love that you were able to share that. Now, I do want to talk briefly about the 
buddy read aspect that you have because I do think that that's a newer feature that you have offered. And I'd love to hear what people can expect from a buddy read on the story graph. So yes, buddy reads came out on December 31st, 2021. It was one of my 2021 goals, so made it in time. And essentially a buddy read is almost like a mini, a one-off mini book club where you read a book with a small group of people discussing it as you go along or at the end. So with a buddy read on Storygraph, you can have up to five people can do it and there's one host and there's a chosen book and you can either put an end date on it or just leave it free. And essentially as you read, you can leave comments at different points of the book, specific pages either or percent through if you're reading digitally. Ooh, I think the thing that people love the most about our buddy read feature is so in in other buddy reads or traditionally with buddy reads you often have to have a checkpoint you often have to say okay we're all going to regroup at chapter end of chapter four and discuss whereas now if something happens that you want to remark on or you have a question you can leave the comment at the specific point and the comment is locked until each participant gets to that part so if if I leave a comment at 27 pages and we're doing a buddy read and you're on 24 pages you you won't even get a notification because there's no point but when you did go to the buddy read page you would see a, a thing that says comment locked until you reach 27 pages so then you get to 27 pages and then you'd come back and suddenly you now see the option to reveal the comment so it's still hidden in case you don't want to look just yet in case you might be worried about spoilers because maybe you're super close and you might have not have finished the page or you want to get a bit further on and then you can reveal the comment and then you can see what I've said. You can reply to it and then you can also add your own comment. Um, but say like I'm on page 27 and you're on page 20, you can leave a comment. I'll get a notification straight away. Amy's left a comment on your buddy read and I can go in and see it because I'm past that point. It basically allows for a more fluid discussion. Um, and this is only V1 of our buddy reads. So one of the, we've got a lot of ideas on helping people connect with other people. So kind of what the community we were talking about right now, we do suggest people to, to read with you when you're creating the buddy read. And this could be people who are currently reading the book um, or have it on their up next, uh, things like that. But you don't, you can't really tell. It's just suggestions of, hey, these are people we recommend or these are people that our machine learning system thinks would love the book and so would be great reading buddies. But we want to do more around helping almost people being able to register interest in books they want to buddy read with other people or uh, perhaps being able to create a buddy read and leave it open for people to join. So there's more we could do with helping to connect different people. Yeah, that's, that's essentially the core of the buddy read feature. For a book club, would you suggest that they launch those as reading challenges if they're reading monthly together or would it be better to set up a book club in a buddy read setting so if you have five or fewer members of your book club then i think having a story graph buddy read alongside would be great because then you can you can basically have these conversations as you read and then when you meet you can then chat about everything including some of the discussions that have started while you've been reading it on story graph but in fact, you could do both. So you can have the buddy read for each book, but you can still have a reading challenge if you want to show the progress of, oh, how many of my book club's books did I read this year? Where each uh, month or whatever, you add the prompt of the, the book title, and then you can say, add it, read it. So I think you could do both. The, the, the reading challenge would be to almost show you 
of the books that my book club read this year or however long the challenge is, I've read this many. And then the buddy read would be to have some form of discussion. And to be honest, even if your book club was more than five, I think you could do smaller groups. And then you part of the fun when you connect all together in your meeting is being able to talk about, oh, well, we did anyone pick up on this thing? Oh, so and so at this point pointed out this or whatever so you could do three and three four and four five and five so i still still think you can have separate split up groups and then kind of all connect for the end so i think there are ways but that's what to say that we will be working on a book club feature this year um, for larger groups and so i think there'll be the option not i think probably definitely there'll be the option to run buddy reads per like for a meeting if you want to Um, but there'll be lots of other functionality around it to help organize book clubs choose the book things like that i love it well i noticed that people can sign up for a 30-day trial of your plus membership and they don't have to put a credit card in which i think is important to note because sometimes people get a little bit scared off with 30-day trials so i'd love for you to explain a little bit about the plus membership and how does this benefit your company as you're developing things and you know keeping the story graph the way that it, it is right now Okay, so I'll start with the the plus features. Yeah, the reason plus exists is because we're trying to see can we stay independent and sustainable and just continuing to grow for several, several years to come. We wanted to provide something that gave readers enough value that they felt like, yeah, this was worth paying for. And also this might, for some people, it might be worth paying for long term. For some people, they might dip in and dip, dip out you know, month by month, it's very easy to also cancel and can resubscribe. I think one of the most awesome features that we have is the up next suggestions feature. And so that essentially is a page of recommendations curated just for you from books on your to read pile, suggesting what you should read next and giving you the reason why. It changes as your reading changes, as your progress on your reading goals changes, and as your to read pile changes. So for example, one of the prompts might be um, you're doing really well in your reading goal so you can go for a longer book here's mm. here's a long book on your to read or you're you know falling behind on your pages goal here's a fast-paced book for you to read if we spot a book on your to read pile that's similar to the one you've just read we can say hey if you want to read more of what you've just read then this is the one there's everything from also like try something a bit different. This is a unique this this book on your two pile doesn't fit what you're normally reading. So and obviously what you're normally reading changes as you read for some people. I just think it's a super powerful picture that will help and is helping people actually get through their TBR. And I'm mainly going to be using it to drive my reading this year because for the first time in a couple of years, I'm not doing any reading challenges, not even the StoryGraph's own. So I can just have full flexibility. Um, The other thing that people love is advanced stats. Part of advanced stats is there's this compare stats page where you can compare any two time periods. So you can compare any two months in your reading history. You can compare two different years you can compare a year against the month you can compare one month against all time so you can do all different combos and this is where having your goodreads data in and knowing that you know you don't have to put your credit card details in you can just click a button and start your free trial it's another great way thing to do when you're just trying out the app because some people you know will have goodreads data for eight ten years i personally had eight years of data and straight away you can see 
okay, what was my reading like in 2013 compared to or 2021? So like you can do all these things straight away. Um, and there's a bunch more where there's unlimited recommendations. You can generate new recommendations 10 times a month for free. But it's using, it's hooking into like a powerful machine learning system, which costs us money. So if you want to do it as many times as you want, you can get that on the pro plan. The other cool thing we could do, we do do is, is say you're on the app and you and I are going to do a buddy read. One of the really cool plus features is I can put your username in and I say I want to do a buddy read with Amy and it will suggest, it will look at all of our, both of our readings and both of our two reads pals and suggest perfect books for us to read together, which I think is if I do say so myself, pretty cool. That is cool. Um, and there's a bunch more, including commenting and voting on the reading roadmap. There's a bunch of other features to do with advanced similar users. So advanced similar users is similar users just shows you readers who are similar to you. But maybe you want to find readers who don't read something similar to you for research purposes or you're trying to get into a new genre. So say you mainly read romance books, but now you're trying to get into horror. So if you're a plus user, you can go to advanced similar users and you can say, show me readers who love horror. And so you can like choose a couple of filters about the type of books they mainly read. And then you can still say, try and keep them as similar to me as possible or no, not, not at all. Um, and then we also have personalized similar books where similar books, we all know this, you know, this book, here are books that are similar, but personalized similar books looks at what you said on your reading survey for the themes, tropes, topics you like, and prioritizes those books that are similar. So you could be looking at a book you just read and say, okay, cool. These are similar, but show me the ones that I will be most interested in that are similar to, for me. And hopefully you don't really need it often, but we do offer priority support. So if you do email in, we deal with your tickets first. When you submit a request for updated book information, we, we deal with that first. So there's a, there's a lot that comes with the, with the plus plan and there's more to come as well. Well, you've convinced me. I'm I'm going to be a pro account user for life and also <gasps> plan to actually just read on the story graph. I'm I'm I moved all my data and immediately was able to tune in like I have been reading a lot of romance and that might explain why I was a little bit burnt out on that. And now I'm looking for more contemporary fiction and I could look in my pie chart and actually see exactly what I'm reading um, and also what to look for. I want a medium paced book. I tend to like darker plots. And so it, it definitely tuned into exactly how I've been feeling, but I didn't have any representation other than what it felt like in my head about what I had been reading. So I'm definitely, definitely on board for this. And I really am excited because you talking us through all of that is so important to get people to either transition or just use it and toggle with their Goodreads experience. While we're on here talking about all of this, I'm curious, did you ever expect it to grow the way that it has? And has it been overwhelming for you as an entrepreneur to be taking on such a big project like this? Yeah, I didn't expect it to grow. I mean, there was a time when it was becoming more and more of a holistic book tracking recommendations app where, where originally it was just a very focused personal recommendations app. And I remember thinking, because I used and loved Goodreads for, you know, a long time. And I remember thinking like, wow, imagine if this grew into something that was like was considered a compelling alternative like I was I was literally like imagine <laughs> you know and this was at a time when I was also working on Storygraph solo um during most of 2019 now the way it's going now and we, you know we're 130,000 users away from hitting our millionth registered user 
sometimes it's just wow it's like wild and it's it's just unbelievable but then there's the other side of it where I'm like we still have so far to go a lot to do so it's just kind of also trying to stay grounded and keep you know stay focused and keep working hard um but no it's definitely been a surprise and there have been overwhelming moments particularly one being our first ever spike where we just grew from a thousand to twenty thousand users in three days because of a viral tweet and all of a sudden we had to like re-architect a lot of the app and and just like figure a lot of stuff out that we just weren't used to and and in particular as the developer I wasn't used to just going through that was was tough but you know I just had to keep on going because if I didn't then that's the end of story graph so yeah it has been overwhelming but overall I've just been enjoying it and trying to take each day so how do you make space for your own reading life and what's your reading format that you're using right now when you have all of this going on in your life I've always been a creature of habit and routine. So there is an hour in my calendar minimum most days for reading. Um, And this year I'm doing something new, which is having a pages goal of 75 pages a day. And so that's also making me force me to read more because I'm big. I'm a very goals oriented person and I have to like meet my goals. Mainly it's scheduling it. Now that things are opening up a little bit more with, with regards to the pandemic, I'm back to reading while commuting. So I'm always trying to read. And the new thing that I discovered or that I started listening to were audiobooks last year. I didn't think they were for me, mainly because I just listened to a lot of podcasts and music. So I I couldn't imagine when I wouldn't want to be listening to either of those. So where was I going to fit audiobooks? And also because with music and some podcasts, you can kind of lose focus and come back in. I just felt like audiobooks wouldn't work for me. But a lot of our users do read and track audiobooks. So when Libro FM offered offered me the chance to be part of their um, advanced listener copy program to get free audiobooks every month, I jumped at the chance. So I've been listening to audiobooks now and again. Now that I can read as well while cleaning or doing other house chores, it's amazing. Yeah, but the main basic thing with when it's like how can you read more it's just making time for it and I just make sure like I do that hour at a minimum the year that I started on Storygraph I used to be someone that I was reading about 20 to 30 books a year and it was always hard like I always had a goal that was like 25 30 and I was upping it by five each year I was always like the last December 31st trying to reach (laughs) it and so my goal for 2019 was 35 books because I'd been doing this five every year and I read 57 and I was like what because my dream had always been this is pre-story graph I'd always been like oh I wish I could be that person that read 52 books a year like a book a week wouldn't that be like so cool (laughs) but I always just thought oh my lifestyle doesn't allow for it because I'm too busy doing other stuff or you know and it's just what you choose to prioritize and essentially once I started building story graph I got involved with the books community. I found a lot more books that I was excited by. It was also important for me to make more time for reading because I just didn't want to build a product where I didn't feel like I was properly part of the community as well. So everything from just me personally being excited to read to obviously being like reading is important for me to keep doing a great job while running this company meant that I just read a lot more. And so I like it was like 57 in 2019, like 67 in 2020. I remember being disappointed that I only only read 65 books in 2021 because it went down by two. And I'm like, Nadia, relax. Um, but with my 75 pages a day, I can already tell it's going to be a good year. 
say it because I'm. <laughs> you know, I would. And it just. I would have never thought to transition over to pages. And actually, seeing my pages when I I did input my data into the story graph immediately made me feel slightly more accomplished than I was feeling about being a little bit behind at my pace. And mm. I can say too, you know, as someone who is also very goals oriented, I always try to read 100 books a year. I did not in 2020. Mm. It kind of fell apart that year for everybody. Mm. But but normally I do. But this last year, I actually forgot to input over a month of data because I put my book reviews on my blog. And I was in a mm. sheer panic and then realized I had read way more than the 100 goal. Wow. And I'm like, here, I'm getting all panicky because I didn't input my data. So I'm definitely motivated by numbers. And I think having a page idea, you know, just doing pages for like, say, 75 pages a day is a really great way to do it or like a percentage on my e-reader so that I can, you know, make a little bit of a mm-hmm. smaller goal instead. And maybe I'll get faster in my pace because of page numbers. Just to say on that, I still I'm still only a few years into reading like a lot more than 30 books. I, my thing now is I'm always going to have a minimum book goal of 60 because it's like I feel like now I know what it was like when I got there. Like there was a lot of time when I didn't read and I could have. Didn't. I like having that as like a base. I feel like, you know, this is a good goal. I want to I get into the habit of reading about this much minimum. But my goal is I would love to get to 100 books a year. Like, and I definitely think I can. What kind of mood reader are you, Nadia? What kind of mood reader? I, well, so this is a this is a great question because one of the things that I struggled with, I would say, like a little bit, um, is the fact that I never considered myself a mood reader. But that's what the market, and this is partly where it comes to when you're trying to build a product, you have to kind of put yourself aside a little bit sometimes. So it got to the point where I said, "There's this." I feel like mood reading is where it's at, and so even though I didn't think I was a mood reader, I still built this product for originally mood readers, knowing that it could have wider appeal. And the hypothesis that I developed while building the product was really everyone is a mood reader to some extent, because sometimes a book doesn't work for you, not because it's just not a book that's ever going to work for you, but because you're just reading it at a time where you're just not in the mood for it. Some people might classify that and say, oh, this is a bad book. And I think there are some books that it doesn't matter when I give it to you, you will never like it based on who you are. But there are some books I think that maybe you've read in the past and you didn't quite like. If you were to be given it today or another day, you might go, oh, actually, this is not so bad. And so with that hypothesis in mind, I would say that, yes, I I am a mood reader in the, in the, in the sense that I think everyone is to an extent. But the one thing is I, I feel like I'm a very broad reader. So... I love literary, contemporary, fantasy is one of my top genres. Now I'm getting into memoirs a lot. Uh, I'm also getting into romance thanks to Bookstagram. I never mm-hmm. used to read romance. And then I was seeing a lot of people talk about the flat share. So I read the flat share and it was great. And so now I've, I've read a few. I've read two, the two first two Brown Sisters books by Halia Tibbert. Yes. So I'm getting into that. On the non- I read a lot of nonfiction too. So I love narrative nonfiction. I love startup stories. Um, I love uh, certain, like I've just finished a book on negotiation, never split the difference, very practical book. I honestly do feel like I have quite a broad reading taste. And that's great. I love that about me. <laughs> For me as well. Because <laughs> it's great. People would give a recommendation. I don't really read that much like crime that much, but like I do like the idea of like the odd crime thriller or mystery. Like I like I have enjoyed those in, in, as well. Like there's just a whole range that I read. So that means that whatever the mood is I'm in, there will be something that I can easily feel fine to fulfill it 
So did you have any favorites from 2022 that you want to share for our readers that might be looking for a book? We, we can't guarantee what mood they're going to be in, but I'd love to hear if you have a couple of favorites. Well, we can't guarantee. And I wanted to share a, a type of book that I don't normally read and don't typically gravitate to, but I'm trying to be open-minded and that's short stories. So I've always felt like, oh, short stories are not for me. But then I've been thinking about that statement more and thinking about how humans... So the world revolves around short stories. We're always sharing short stories, anecdotes, mm. things like, you know, amongst friends, amongst, amongst people. And I know that there's a variety of short stories out there. So it just makes me think, I look at my story graph stats. I've only read seven in my lifetime, at least seven, like, logged. Like, that's hardly any. So I'm trying to be like, okay, maybe I just haven't found the right one. And I, um, I actually did a live show on Instagram, which you can watch if you go to our IGTV. You'll see it says short stories with uh, reads and reverie this woman named Hasneem and she loves short stories and we did a whole like live show on it where it was like if you like this type of uh, fiction or non-fiction or this type of book you'll like this collection we did all sorts and we had a whole discussion about it one of her favorite collections was called what it means when a man falls from the sky by Leslie Necker Arimar she just said this was the first collection that really got her into short stories and so I read this recently and I really, really enjoyed it. It wasn't a five-star read for me. It wasn't mm. like an all-time favorite. But it was. there were some stories in there that I was like, wow, this has really grabbed me. This is really unique. Like, they stuck with me. I was thinking about them. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, this this really pushed on to me that I just haven't given enough time to find the right short stories for me. If that has resonated with anyone, what I just said about, you know, not feeling like short stories are for them, or maybe you love short stories, then and you haven't read this one yet, then I recommend What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky by Leslie Necker Arima. Mm. Well, I do have one recommendation. Uh, Ethan Joella was on the podcast and he wrote a book called A Little Hope. And it's actually uh, interlinking stories, but they read like short stories. So that might be a good option Ooh, for like you that. too. I like Not the interlinking stories. Yes. Well, Nadia, how can people connect with you if they want to learn more? Of course, we all are going to be hopping on the app if we have not already. I think you have definitely sold us on this idea. So how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about your journey? Well, if they want to connect um, with me personally, then I do have my personal Twitter and Instagram, which is at n. O-D-U-N-A-Y-O, so at N Oduayo, my surname. But if you want to talk about StoryGraph specifically, then I recommend getting in touch with us on our Instagram and Twitter accounts there. So the Instagram is at the dot StoryGraph and the Twitter is at the StoryGraph, all one word. And at the moment, I run both of those. So if you DM that account, if you tweet at that account or, or reply to any of the, the posts that we do on the Instagram grid, it is me that will reply. So um, I would definitely say if you want to know more about the story graph and what we're doing, if you want to get involved in our next poll, we also have a book, book clubs and live shows that we do at the end of every month, then definitely get in touch. Definitely follow our Instagram account. Well, thank you, Nadia. I'm so honored that you shared your time with us. And I really loved hearing about your story. Thank you so much for inviting me and for giving me the space to talk about StoryGraph.